Good morning. Happy Monday. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, May 22nd. And today, very exciting, we are reading from the big book, a new chapter, We Agnostics, on page 44, that very first paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Becky K., Meg F., Wendy M., and Deb K., and Libby E. The reference number for yesterday's meeting on Love and Forgiveness, Special Edition 9963. That's Sunday's meeting, Special Edition 9963. And this morning, 7 a.m. Vision for You meeting, 9964. That's 9964. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Deborah Kay to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Deb. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. This is Deborah Kay from Oregon. I am a recovering compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Deborah. I will now ask for Libby E. to go ahead and read the Twelve Traditions. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. I'm Libby E., a compulsive eater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS Dutch ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you will hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify, please, as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted, and please try to avoid speaking on a speakerphone. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the first paragraph in We Agnostics, the chapter We Agnostics, on page 44, and I'm going to ask Becky Kay to get us started. Go ahead, Becky. Good morning, everyone. Amy, Becky. Becky, are you there? I'm losing you. Yeah, can you hear me now? Now I can hear you, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. This is Becky Kay in Maryland. I'll speak up. Uh, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, Chapter 4, We Agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope you have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you can find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when you're drinking, you have little control Over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. 
I think this is one of my favorite paragraphs of the book. It um, focuses on two key steps, which is the complete foundation of our program. Step one, I can't. Step two, God can. Uh, first of all, it, I know for a fact that I am a compulsive overeater. I have tried everything to stop on my own. I've tried every imaginable uh, fad diet out there. I've been to weight loss clinics and clubs. I've been to doctors where I took pills and um, nothing helped, nothing helped. And every time I had a tremendous resolve, you know, this time I really mean business. This time I'm going to lose weight. This time I'm going to do what it takes. This time it's going to happen. And lo and behold, um, within, you know, sometimes days or weeks, maybe even hours, lo and behold, what happened? I found myself uh, facing the refrigerator or my hands stuffed in bags and, and, and feeding myself fast and furious and realizing that none of these things worked, no, nothing. Um, I tried, and I really meant business. I meant with all my heart and mind that this time I was really going to do it. And I realized that I, I truly was powerless. And then I came into the rooms of the OA and heard people and read the big book, and I learned that I had a disease, a twofold disease, an allergy of the body, and an obsession of the mind. And the allergy of the body, I learned that I had to just put the food down. But then I realized and learned that if I have this disease, as this last sentence says, only a spiritual experience will conquer this illness. Only this thing is going to help me. Not the fad diets, not the pills, not my own willpower. I can't God can. Step one, step two. The whole foundation of the program. So if this, if I'm going to be recovered then, I need to work the steps and work my way to step 12, which is all leading to a spiritual awakening. Um, so my thinking had to be had to be smashed as previous um, 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 words in the big book said, and I needed to look to a spiritual awakening because truly I couldn't, but God could. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Becky, for getting us started. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Please chime in. Carrie C. Elaine B. Carrie C. Elaine B. Who was after Elaine? Judy P. Judy P. Kathleen O. Roz G. Roz G. Anybody else? Okay, so was it Carrie C. who popped up first? I got the last initial, but I'm not sure about the first name. Yes, it's Terry with a T. Okay, Terry, gotcha. All right, great. So we have a great lineup here. We've got Terry C, Elaine B, Judy P, Kathleen O, and Roz G. And if I missed a name or initial, please correct me when you share. All right, let's get started. Uh, Terry, please go ahead. Okay, um, I'm Terry C. I have the disease of food addiction. I'm a recovered food addict from South Jersey. And... Um, 
this, this paragraph just reminds me so much of the study of the book this morning with a, with a person who, who I'm uh, covering step one with, and we were talking about the psychic change. And the simplest way that I can realize what that means is before the step, it was me and the food. It was just me and the food. I had the thought. I followed through. That's where my psychic direction automatically went. I automatically went to the food. And now, um, you know, and ironically, we're in agnostics. It tells us about what that psychic change is. It tells me I have to put God in the equation, that no longer it's my thought, ease and comfort, I go to the food. It's, I may have the thought, ease and comfort. I probably will always have those thoughts because I'm an addict. But then I go to God. That psychic change, it's like a redirection in my thinking. And um, I pray, and, and with God's grace and the fellowship of this program, that will be the equation. That remains the equation. Um, and uh, I'm just so grateful because when I first read psychic change, I thought, oh, no, oh, no, I have to study psychology to understand this. No, 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 I have to study the big book to understand this. The solution is clear. I'm not the solution. I have to put the solution between me and the food, and that change in my thinking. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Okay, Elaine B., go ahead. It's your turn. Thanks for your service, Amy. So Elaine B., recovered, grateful, in Massachusetts. And um, so we agnostics, first paragraph. This is where we turn from reading and teaching and trying to understand and master step one, that we're powerless over compulsive overeating and our lives have become unmanageable. And we begin to look at step two, that a power greater than ourselves um, is what's needed, you know. Um, And so it gives us one more chance to really make sure that we really know that we're a compulsive overeater. And it's so funny how you, you know, can go through the steps and then find that you didn't really have that step one firmly in place and you end up back out in the food. Um, The steps are good for everybody, compulsive overeaters or their families or other other addictions. Um, But we really have to fully concede to our innermost selves that we have this thing with no lurking notion. And um, that's why I think they really start out this paragraph with when you honestly, if you honestly want to and you find you can't quit entirely or when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. You know, they're looking at the allergy of the body in the um, second part here, the little control of the amount you take and the greater aspect of our disease, the obsession of the mind. If you really want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. Um, so, you know, we're 100% uh, helpless on human aid, on the basis of self-knowledge, on, um, you know, way and pay programs. Just nothing works for us. We need a spiritual experience. But this was, this was kind of my problem. Even when I came into OA, I thought, I've already had a spiritual experience, and what can these people teach me? And in the rooms of OA for all these years, I still needed a new spiritual experience, a deeper revelation of the power of a higher power (laughs) to have a a sort of supersizing 
uh, my higher power so that it was sufficient for me to really utterly abandon the food, utterly abandon my life and my care over to this God. I had to take a look at this. I had to take a look at a higher power that I would beg for an answer and how long do I have to stay on my knees before you answer me or I'm afraid that you're in the corner of my room with a baseball bat. You know, I had to really look at perhaps what was the God of my misunderstanding, the the higher power I couldn't yield my life, my will, or my food or to, a higher power I couldn't get access to even comfort from. And it was Hi. this process, these steps that helped me get there, and I'm so grateful with that I passed. Thank you so much, Elaine B. Judy P., it's your turn. Hi, thanks so much for your service. Uh, Judy P., compulsive overeater from central New Jersey. And I love this last sentence that, um, I mean, it's freedom for me. I know I suffer from an illness, and, you know, God is the only solution. And, um, God, in a million years, I never would have thought that was the solution. Convinced without a doubt it was in the next diet. It had to be. And I was just thinking this morning about, I was a great dieter. I mean, I think a lot of us probably could diet better than anybody. But but it wasn't the solution for my illness. And uh, I think all that successful dieting just made it worse for me because I could always go back to that time I could I could stick to it. And then, um, you know, it's like my disease was doing push-ups, got up and slammed me down harder than the time before. But in this recovery, or my first recovery when I had a huge relapse, I never quite understood the obsession of the mind. I, I got the physical allergy, but not the obsession of the mind. And I'm grateful um, to have a new understanding of it this time. I, uh, you know, and I am one of those people who came in with no belief in God. The opposite. I made fun of people believed in God. I was anti-God. I thought it was a joke. And I... I, I I just don't even understand how God could be the most important thing, event, whatever in my life. Like, how did this happen? In a million years, impossible. And uh, But yet, it is the truth. Um, the other thing I was thinking about as we were reading this, like this spiritual experience that I did have, um, I always go back to, you know, that if I don't... In- large my spiritual life I will go back to the food and I always have to remember that step 12 is but a beginning for me it's like the starting point of my spiritual journey and I gotta I gotta live it. it it's so easy to talk about a spiritual awakening in the OA room and to talk about God with an OA member on OA meetings but I gotta live this God thing through and through in everything I do all day long And, um, you know, I've been thinking about, uh, you know, I just want my life to be all day just to be my life to be a prayer to God. And and I don't do this all the time by any means at all because I just don't. I try. But I think, you know, all day long I should either be praying to God or praising God. And it will keep me centered and out of my head. And uh, really grateful we read this paragraph today. Anytime I could... Speak of my love for God is a good thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judy P. Kathleen O., it is your turn. Please go ahead. Kathleen Star 1, please. 
Good morning. I'm sorry. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, so agnostic. You know, agnostic is someone without belief, I believe. Um, and I didn't think this this chapter applied to me because I was raised Catholic and I knew there was a God. And in fact, I prayed and wished and asked all the time to God to make me thin. And it it didn't work, um, although maybe it did because I ended up in the, in a 12-step program. So, um, you know, I had to... I had to come to terms that I couldn't do this on my own. And I did come in hopeless. Um, this this sentence, if you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have a little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. Well, you know, I, I didn't have normal behavior around food. Going to a store and then sitting out in a parking lot, binging on food in the car, that wasn't normal. Um, so, you know, I believe I definitely had a problem and I couldn't stop once I started. I had no control over the amount I ate once I started. And so I really, you know, coming into these rooms, I, I, I realized I have knowledge of the body and a mental twist of the mind. I couldn't do it on my own, no matter how much willpower and self-knowledge I had. And no matter how much I wished it. So my choices were I was either doomed or I find a solution through a power greater than me. And this sentence, um, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. So only a spiritual experience, and it will conquer. That sounds like a promise to me. And how do I get the spiritual experience? It's through it's through working these steps. So in order to recover from this open state of mind and body, I needed to have this spiritual experience. And I think the word, I've heard the word believe is mentioned 29 times in the first 164 pages. And believe is to accept something as true, especially without proof. So I had to believe, and I do believe that there is a solution and, and that the power is outside of myself. And my higher power evolved over time but it was due to my willingness to believe. So the good news is our higher power is our own concept. We get to choose our own conception of God, and, and it's our own unique higher power, which to me was revealed to me as I worked through the steps. It wasn't the God of my understanding that I grew up with and learned about in Catholic school. Um, so And this power didn't only relieve me from the boxes of bakery items and cartons of ice cream, but it also allowed me to stop living by my self-sufficient ways so I could actually live because I had a living problem. You know, food and my overweight body were symptoms of an underlying problem. I physically had 70 pounds to lose, but I had about 400 pounds to lose between my ears. But this disease is a true lack of power, and this chapter will help us all find the power. And basically, I needed to rid myself. Sorry. I needed to rid myself of my ego-driven mind to get a spiritually guided mind. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Go ahead, Roz G. Good morning. This is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Los Angeles County. And um, this chapter, I, I shared last Friday at the 5 a.m. meeting, uh, our time, 
And I shared, I was thinking about what am I going to share on this? And it was almost exactly the same thing that I shared last week. And then what came to mind for me was repetition is the key to getting good at something. Practice. Practice and repetition. You know, I I think about my son who started the bass and the piano um, at just, he didn't even have a, a an amplifier to play, but he just learned the fingering, and he learned how to play Mary Little Had a Little Lamb, and now he's playing um, great pieces and, and having recitals. And I say all that to say that the last chapter in More About Alcoholism and the first chapter in We Agnostics um, uh, prompts me to say the reasons that I ate are the reasons that I found out how powerless I am, not fork to mouth. What kind of person was I? Selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed. That's why I ate. And all, of course, the resentments, the fears, and all of that. I could not master those feelings. They brought me to a place of being mangled like the last, Age told us, and it was so painful that even years of Overeaters Anonymous could not show me how powerless I was until I experienced that deep pain coupled with studying the book with this group. I learned that I am powerless over compulsive overeating. And so the food was put down and the character defects were all revealed. And I know without a doubt that I am a compulsive overeater and that I eat because I cannot manage my feelings. But the hope is, is that the steps give me a way to manage those feelings with joy. And uh, I do it through spiritual practice. Thank God it says only a spiritual practice will do it. Diets will not do it. Writing on questions will not do it. Those are helpful supplemental practices, but that's not going to do it. So I've committed to a spiritual practice in the morning and in the evening as directed by the book. And one more thing I'll close by saying, I took the day off from work today, not for myself. My stepfather's having his first day of chemotherapy. And I want to be there for my mother. And I'm, I can afford to take days off occasionally at work. So I'm grateful that God is getting me out of self-centeredness and into other-centeredness through self-sacrifice. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Roz G. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Sharon H. in Colorado. Wendy M. H. Wendy M. Terry H. I'm going to try to get in here. Terry H. Terry K. B. Amy T. I I heard Sherry K. B. and somebody else. I think. Sue G. Sue G. Okay. Karen T. Karen T. Okay, that's uh, Sharon H., Wendy M., Terry H., Amy G., Sherry K.B., Sue G., and Karen T. 
Hopefully we'll get to everybody. And a friendly reminder to please identify yourself as compulsive overeater only. That would be awesome. Okay, Sharon H., you are up. Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. (laughs) I took it off speaker, and then I got to have it up by my ear, and I forget to do that. Um, And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And, uh, you know, I just want to zone in on that, what it says. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope you've made a clear distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. And then it gives us the exact description of how we can determine that. And then the only solution is a spiritual experience that will conquer it. And it just reminds me that the preceding chapters, including the Roman numerals and the one that just really, uh, when I first started listening to this line, uh, hit me like a ton of bricks or God's laser light beaming into my dark mind, that I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and that This book was written to precisely show me how I could recover by following the directions in the book. And um, so this just reminds me that all of these chapters are convincing us of the truth. And I always wanted to believe the lie. And so that means much to me. And then the other thing is that's the body. And then I got to go to where it tells me about my mind. And that's uh, resentment is the number one offender, and it says this is a spiritual disease. And uh, once we accept that spiritual malady, it's overcome, and we will straighten out mentally and physically by going through the process of the rest of the steps. So that's what that really hit home for me today, and I'm just so grateful to be on the line and and, uh, welcoming everyone else out on the line. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Sharon. Wendy M., it's your turn. Yeah, good morning, Wendy M., uh, recovered in Colorado. So grateful, Amy, for your service and everybody on the line. Um, And I'm just so grateful for God. You know, I I heard once that when, when, you know, you put a meeting together, when you go to a meeting, it's a kind of a cheering section, uh, you know, cheerleaders for God. And, you know, I grew up very much... um, not just doubting God, but we're better than people who believe in God. You know, we're the intellectuals, um, you know, and I loved, I grew up in a home. It was a progressive, uh, my parents, not, not liberals, but progressive. We're open to everything except that we're actually intolerant of people who believe in anything. Um, and uh, anyways, it didn't matter to me because I came into this program saying, well, what works? Just give me what works. I will believe in anything. And for 16 years, I was uh, in OA, um, and I had no idea this was a God program. I mean, I read the steps, right? Every day I went to meetings all the time, but I had no idea God was involved, none. And I had no idea that this is a change in my thinking. This is a God-conscious moment. Oh, my God. So I got entirely abstinent about 11 months ago. Thank you, God for finding uh, this big book study and and immediately it was let's do the set aside prayer let's set aside what we think we know about God about everything and my experience is I don't know if I believe in God even though I secretly do believe in God um, but 
all I know is I, I experience God constantly, all the time. If I am unblocked, I experience God. And it says here, a spiritual experience. And for me, a spiritual experience is weighing and measuring my food, right? So it's not Wendy's program. It's Life on Life's Terms program. And I love the measuring cup because it reminds me that it's not my show. I can't run it. I cannot measure. I must just surrender, quite frankly. You know, and a spiritual experience is setting a boundary. And it's saying no. No is a complete sentence. A spiritual experience is saying yes. A spiritual experience is when the phone rings and I don't feel like picking it up, I'm picking up that phone and I'm thanking God for that phone call because God is knocking on my door. Um, Yesterday's talk was unbelievable. A spiritual experience is forgiving somebody. A resentment is is when I refuse to forgive. Oh, my God. The minute I even say that word forgiveness, my whole body relaxes. I can surrender. I can get out of the way, get out of my own way. This is a spiritual experience. And the minute I get unblocked, the minute I'm working with another compulsive overeater, everything is good. Because if it feels good, it's God. That's in my experience. What are my motives? I text somebody. It's fishy. It doesn't feel right. Therefore, it's not God. And then God says, how about we erase that email or that text? Because your motives are off. Thank you, God, for knocking on my door one more time. You know, it's just, it's all, it's all, it's all good. It's all a spiritual experience, you know. And that's, um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So I would, you know, never have thought this was a God program. And that's what it is. It's a God program. And thank you, God, for letting me share today. And I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Wendy. Carrie H., it's your turn. Carrie, star one. Sorry. Hi, my name is Carrie H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, Grateful for today. Um, When I got to this part working with my sponsor in the big book, um, we kind of stopped and um, reflected and paused. And... um, so far up to this point, I was looking at ways how I identify in with the pieces in the book. And um, we started off with doctor's opinion, and yes, I identified in um, with the physical aspect of the disease, most definitely. There are certain foods that I can't eat ever. In Bill's story, I identified in most definitely. And with the um, Jim and the Jay Walker and Fred, I identified in with all of them. Self-will, self-knowledge um, could not um, help with my disease. And so only a spiritual experience will conquer. Nothing else, not self-will, not self-knowledge, not OA meetings, not food plans, not a sponsor, not hospitals not people, places, and things, only a spiritual experience through working the 12 steps, being abstinent, practicing rigorous honesty, and working with my sponsor. I am powerless over compulsive overeating. Yes, I definitely am. And at this point, do I need a higher power? Yes, most definitely, because all my efforts failed. Alone, I could not do it, and I was killing myself. 
I was suffering from a disease that only a spiritual experience will conquer. I like that word conquer. I do triathlons, and when I finish a, a race, you know, I, I kind of say to myself or with my partner, we conquered that race. You know, I like that word, defeat, beat, master, trounce, conquer. I have a disease for which there is no cure, um, definitely. However, today I no longer fight with it. I take action each day to expand my spiritual experience by continuing to chop wood and carry water every day, working the steps and seeking right thought and right action one day at a time. You know, today recovery is my life. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world, most definitely. I am so grateful for my life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, love what everyone has been saying. I'm going to focus too on this, you know, the preceding chapters. If you're a, you know, shout out to the newcomer. If you're on the line for the first time and new to Overeaters Anonymous and hearing all this stuff about spiritual experiences and whether or not you're powerless uh, over compulsive overeating, I would suggest going back. I mean, this is why this is Chapter 4. There's uh, three other chapters in the doctor's opinion as well, swapping out the word food, I mean, alcohol for food and alcoholic for compulsive overeater and, and see if you see yourself there. And if you have any... If you have any questions or you're not sure, it's not telling you here that you have to know all of this today. The only requirement for membership to be on the line, to even listen, really, is to have a desire. That's what the traditions say. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. And for us, for me, in my first OA meeting, I didn't understand that I had a disease, much less a twofold nature, physical allergy and a mental obsession. I didn't really know whether I was powerless or not. I wasn't sure. I knew I was crazy <laughs> with food. I knew I couldn't stop thinking about it and obsessing about it. I knew I couldn't stay on a diet. I knew I couldn't stop from putting my favorite binge foods or foods into my mouth. You know, I knew a lot of that, and I was searching and I was looking. And the saying in the rooms is keep coming back. You know, keep asking these questions. And if if you feel, you honestly feel you cannot quit entirely, then then come on, let's go. Let's work this program, you know, and, and keep coming back and listening. I just wanted to encourage the newcomer. The requirement for membership is just you wanting to know whether you can or you cannot, you know, stop eating compulsively. It's not understanding at all. It's not knowing. I mean, I didn't know the difference between a spiritual experience or a religious one. I didn't know the difference between spirituality and religion. I didn't know. But I did know that I was crazy around food and I needed help. And that's the starting point. That's the starting point. You know, we're at Chapter 4 here. There's chapters before here to help figure that out. But we are here for you, and we ask you to keep coming back. And with that, I'll pass. So let's go ahead with Sherry KB. Go ahead, Sherry. Good morning, Amy G. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thanks for your service, Amy. And everyone on the line, and I too want to welcome the newcomers, and I just want to say if you have a book of Alcoholics Anonymous, preferably uh, uh, Edition 4 would be a great idea to follow along and with us and um, help you to identify into what we're talking about and help you um, however we can because that's what we're all here for is to get recovered and stay recovered. 
Um, anyhow, so, oops, timer. Um, what I want to start out with is, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And it uses the word only. So what I learn here is that only a spiritual experience will conquer my disease. And a spiritual experience for me means a spiritual awakening, which means going through this book with a step guide and working the steps, having a spiritual awakening, that only the steps is where I'm going to find um, a closeness to my higher power to get unblocked. The steps unblock me from that higher power. And when I used to read this book years ago, um, with a with a sponsor, I would skip over this this chapter because I I said, hey, I believe in God, uh, no big deal. I can I can just skip right over this. But you know what? Um, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made because, you know, where I went with the food was that I got this one. I felt my higher power was too busy uh, to worry about me and my food, so I treated my food. Uh, uh, agnostically. In other words, like I didn't think God had time uh, to worry about me and my food, so I took over. And so not only did I make, uh, when I was down, face down in the food, I made food my higher power. I also made diets my higher power. And uh, I never was able to conquer this disease trying to stay on a diet or being face down in food trying to solve all my problems. So what it's telling me is that if I honestly want to find that I cannot quit entirely, or if when I eat, I have little control over the amount I take in my body and eat, then I probably am a compulsive overeater. And it's not up to me to diagnose you. It's up to you to diagnose yourself. Um, but without a spiritual experience, only a spiritual experience is going to conquer my disease. And um, I know that agnostic means without, and it means without knowledge or without wondering if there is actually, if God actually exists. And for me, um, the higher power of my understanding um, is loving and kind and uh, helps me with this disease and helps me to, to learn to live my life. Um, um, you know, I didn't realize I had a living problem, and um, I thought it was only the food and that I was an emotional eater. Uh, but I came to understand that because I have a twofold illness, that um, only a power greater than myself getting unblocked to that power through the steps is going to help me stay um, in recovery and be a recovered person today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry KB. Sue G., it's your turn. Press star 1 to unmute. There you are. It's going to a minute to do that. Um, thank you for letting me share. Um, I really want to share our next paragraph, so I may have to come back again tomorrow. <laughs> but, Please do. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I When I came in to OA, I thought, okay, I've got, you know, I don't need to even read Week Mathics. I've got the spiritual experience. I've got God. I've got church. I've got religion. And then as I didn't read the book just to read it for knowledge, but I studied it when I finally, um, just before I came into the vision meetings, when I studied it and started really reading 
to figure out why that wasn't working for me. I realized that I also was turning to food um, as God of my choice and God of my understanding. Even though I believed in God for so many other things and had faith, I thought since I had, you know, I God expected me to be able to control my eating on my own because I had knowledge about healthy eating and so I thought the spiritual experience, until I realized the spiritual experience was so much higher, I don't know how else to put it, so much deeper, higher, deeper, um, solid. Um, it was me letting God use me instead of me using God. For me, that's what it was. And when I started letting God use me and help others instead of me always saying, help, me, 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 help, help, me, 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 um, even though it was a true faith and still is, uh, my spiritual experience has brought a different exper- brought a different experience for me, and I'm just so grateful for that. And it's kept me abstinent and uh, working steps through ten to twelve has made the difference. No one ever taught me about that before. Um, they threw me a, a sheet that said, you know, review at the night and, you know, go over it. And that's the furthest I got. Um, so I thank you for uh, my sponsor that brought me through the steps and and these meetings that I learned so much. And I don't just learn it for knowledge. I learn it for change of my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue G. Karen T., your turn. Hi, this is Karen. Can you hear me? I can hear you just well. I mean, just fine. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for doing the service and everyone else who's read today. My name is Karen. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from Louisiana. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. There's... I am a food addict, compulsive overeater, sugar addict, whatever you want to call it, for me. And that is distinctly different than someone who's a normal eater. I um, Food sends me signals that normal eaters don't get. Um, and it's a disease. not my fault. There's nothing... You know, it's not a moral issue. I just happen to have the mind and the body of a compulsive reader. So the body is that food gives me a high, and certain foods in particular give me a high. That's not true of a non-addicted person. It's a, it's a difference. The food does something different for me. There's a clear distinction. And then, of course, there's something wrong with my mind. Self-knowledge doesn't help at all. Um, And uh, my mind cannot be trusted with the food. There are certain foods that I can't have. It's like getting into a boxing ring with those foods if I pick them up. I'm always going to lose. If I get into the boxing ring with the food, I am going to lose. It might take one round. It might take six rounds. But eventually, I'm going to lose. But the problem with my mind is, I think 
this time I'll get in the boxing ring and I won't lose. I've learned a couple new moves. I've learned more about vitamins. I've learned more about, you know, more knowledge. I've learned about such and such. Or I've forgiven my mother now so I can get back into the boxing ring. And I think I really can. And then I get back in there and I lose. So the real problem is that I keep thinking that this time I'll be able to get into the boxing ring. But um, it's not true. The truth is that the food is always going to win. And like I said, it's subtle. Sometimes I'll win, I'll get a good jab in there or I'll win one round. But eventually the food's always going to win. I'm powerless over food. So that's the... um, sentence I wanted to share on today, and we hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. The clear distinction on the line gets Time. to decide, hey, am I a food addict or not? Am I a compulsive overeater or not? Am I an alcoholic when it comes to food or not? That's what I need to decide for myself. And with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Karen T. We have time for one more quick two-minute share. Someone would like to chime in. If not, we will wrap her up. Courtney B. I'm sorry, who is this? Courtney B., Northern California. All right, Courtney B., you got two minutes. Please go ahead. Easy. Hi, everyone. Courtney mm-hmm. B. from Northern California. Where the first gal was speaking, and she talked about her resolve. I've thought about decades of me telling myself, okay, this time I'm going to do this. This time it's a new this, the resolve. And what came to my heart as she was saying it was, my resolve always dissolved. It always dissolved. Me, my mind, my brain, my best, best intentions can't cut it. And the thought of a spiritual experience I'm like, all right then, let's do this. I'm willing. Without a pass. Thank you so much, Courtney B. And thank you everyone for a wonderful meeting here. Um, I'd like to um thank our readers as well, Becky K, Meg F, Wendy M for, you know, being in the background ready to roll, just in case. Thank you for Debbie K and Libby E. We will now close from a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Meg F., could you go ahead and read that, please? Yes. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Meg F., Recovered in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.